So just looking at some of the comments from the last YouTube video. Uh, Sacred Scout says, good stuff, great value as usual. I often hear guys saying, why do I go for, why do I go one for 15 in terms of numbers, but he is going one for five. What would be your take on that? Uh, look, I mean, and a few people liked the comment I noticed, which maybe that's why it's worth addressing in particular, making a little clip on this. Like guys might wonder, like, what am I doing wrong? A stem off the last video I just made. Like, why are my numbers lower, but another guy's numbers are higher? First of all, don't even worry about what other guys are doing. People embellish. Um, and you, like, the more you're focused on what other guys are doing, that's just a recipe for not really getting anywhere because you need to be insular. You need to be just kind of in your own head, engaging in process, uh, not worrying about uh, what other guys are doing. Number two, uh, numbers fluctuate so much in the micro versus macro, there's little relevance to what your exact numbers are. Um, as I've talked about, I mean, I could go to the station tomorrow. I could go uh, two for 60 in terms of approaches and be like, oh my God, wow, my numbers are so low today. And then the very next day, I could go 15 for 45. And I'm so amazing because my acquisition tilt was high. So these things differ in the micro uh, in terms of the fluctuations of your exact numbers, okay? Uh, and if the guy approaches enough, he's going to see that. So if you're literally making like 10 approaches a week or like 10 approaches every few days, like you don't have enough data points to really see these things. If you're making a few hundred approaches a week, you're just going to naturally see that, yeah, like there's fluctuation to uh, my acquisitions, okay? And so the other, the other point we can address is how boldness relates to your degree of boldness and audacity, how that relates to your numbers. So I've written an article on this, I've talked about this, that the more bold and audacious you are, the lower your percentages, not the higher your percentages. So if uh, you approach a girl in an alleyway at 9 p.m., if you say hi to a girl shopping with her mom, uh, you're more likely to get rejected by default than uh, just saying hi to girls in cafes and on sunny streets in the afternoon, right? Now, of course, girls could be receptive in any venue, in any circumstance, of course. But, and you can never predict these things. But if we just subjectively uh, look at these scenarios, all variables canceled out, uh, there are certain situations where uh, some guys will avoid making quote-unquote higher-risk approaches. Might say, oh, I'm going to get rejected approaching that girl walking up the staircase in the station. Uh, I'll avoid that approach. And he'll only say hi to girls where she's sitting reading a book at a cafe or walking on a sunny street, as I just said. And so the more, more bold slash audacious a guy is, the more likely he is to get rejected. So his numbers will be lower. Uh, lower numbers uh, should be something you strive for. Uh, rejection you can't avoid. I've discussed this. So the, the idea is to embrace rejection, recognize that it's never going to go away no matter who you are, what you say, what you do. Um, so low percentages, okay? The embrace of rejection. Uh, any guy who uh, discusses high percentages, high conversion rates, as though that's a good thing, uh, it says that he actually doesn't have high volume of approach and interaction because with high volume, you inevitably see that rejections are the overwhelming majority of your interactions. Now, the other thing is, apart from just the guy being more bold and audacious and in turn his numbers being lower, let's say we quote unquote hold boldness constant. 
where we release two guys into a station and they're all just making like, or the, the two of them are just making similar approaches in crowded areas. Uh, nothing really different in their, in their boldness seemingly. Now the guy who's more experienced will have higher conversions because he's going to be more pushy. So if, uh, I would say that one of the major differences between a guy who's early on in his approach practitionership and a guy who has higher macro volume under his belt is the guy with greater macro volume is going to be a lot more pushy and he's not going to see pushiness as synonymous with neediness. The guy who's earlier on in his approach practitionership, e.g. his first several thousand approaches, he will tend to view uh, being pushy on the cold approach as synonymous with neediness. And I used to be that way too. I used to think that if the girl is walking away from you, if the girl uh, doesn't seem interested, uh, Put, trying to push through that. If she says she has a boyfriend, uh, ejecting yourself from the interaction prematurely is what you should do because the guy should not be needy in any way, right? Uh, the girl doesn't seem interested. Why Why would a guy who's not needy uh, need to stand there and try to push through? This was this arbitrary notion of like what was supposed to be non-needy uh, that I adhered to earlier in my practitionership. And I'd even written articles on it. Um, and my thoughts have heavily evolved, okay? So I view that as amateur. The guy with more experience recognizes that you can't judge a book by its cover. It's called behavior state untethering, meaning that how a girl appears on the surface is untethered, is decoupled from her underlying state, meaning you can't judge a book by its cover, right? So uh, a girl can seem unreceptive. She can throw up her hand at you. She can act like you're creepy. She can jump back and quote unquote scream you non-react, you chat with her a little bit anyway, she goes on to exchange. So these are the things you start to see as normal. Um, and you learn that sufficient audacity is really what it is. It's not, it's not neediness. It's sufficient audacity pushing through with girls who don't necessarily seem interested rather than ejecting, prematurely ejecting yourself from the interaction. So when we talk about boldness being held constant, why would I have higher conversions intrastation, averaged out. I said micro micro date, like on a micro level, it can fluctuate. But let's say averaged out over the course of a month, right? Why would my conversion rates, uh, when boldness is held constant, why would my conversion rates be higher than a guy who's earlier on in his practitionership? It's because I'm much more pushy on the initial approach in terms of not objecting prematurely. If the girl doesn't seem interested, I'm just really fucking pushy. I see that as, as sufficient audacity. Whereas the guy who's earlier on, he thinks she's unreceptive. He doesn't realize that a girl can seem unreceptive, but she's not. He doesn't realize that there's behavior state untethering. Okay? Uh, the same exact way. Guys will encounter this. This will make sense. The same exact way you can meet a girl who's twirling her hair, blushing, seemingly into you. She'll be like, oh, you know, you're handsome. Or like touch your bicep or something. Doesn't exchange. Refuses, to, refuses the exchange. Or she'll exchange with you and then ghost you and you text her like two, three times thinking, oh, that girl was really receptive. I'm just going to keep pushing on the text. She doesn't, she doesn't respond. So you can't judge a book by its cover. It's behavior state untethering. So if you want to increase your conversion rate, okay, then you need to be more persistent on the approach. You need to kind of push through your interactions, really uh, fight for the contact exchange. And look, 
I understand how this is interpreted by many guys uh, who don't have a high macro volume, many, many thousands of approaches under their belt. They view persistence as neediness on the initial approach. And look, this isn't a, this is not a hypothetical. Like I've posted screenshots on the blog. You can see them in my articles where I've picked up 40, 50, 68 contacts in a day. The screenshots are there in an afternoon. And you say that's impossible. Well, it's impossible because you probably don't realize that if you're just really, really fucking pushy and you just say hi to enough girls, then they'll exchange with you. So your conversion rates can increase if you're really, really pushy. And you'll see that over the course of like maybe a month on average. Because of course, day to day, you can fluctuate, as I said. Uh, but the other point is that uh, the more bold you are, the lower your percentages, right? So just you really need to take that home that uh, you should not pride yourself in high conversion rates. You should not be outcome oriented. Uh, you really need to see that like when you're that guy who's going to like jump across an intersection to say hi to that chick before she jumps onto a bus and then she deflects you, that that's actually reflective of a high audacity level. And yeah, you went zero for one on that approach, but that's good because you were aggressive enough. So conversion rates will be lower uh, if you are more aggressive. And so you're more bold, but you're on, and you get more rejected more, but you're also much more pushy um, with the girls you actually are chatting with. And these numbers kind of balance out where like, I might have similar numbers as to like a guy who's earlier on in his approach, okay, overall. Um, and you just have to not give a fuck about what other guys are doing. Seriously, I have zero level of care about what any other dude's percentages are. Um, it all just converges back on neediness and the, the, these thoughts about like, what am I doing wrong, okay? So that's pretty much it. Uh, a, lot of, a lot that we could discuss on these topics, but um, just you really just uh, do not... Do not give a fuck. Do not over-index on what other dudes are doing. Don't listen to their opinions, okay? Just go into your approaches, deregulate, recognize that's how you are, you're most attractive. Wing your approaches, okay? Uh, rejection will never go away no matter who you are, what you say, what you do. Uh, so just uh, implement high volume of interactions, and when you have enough data points, you start to make connections, and you start to see what's predictable normal. Um, okay. How long is this fucking video? Okay, that's it. We'll just... Why don't we just...